Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. In our last episode, we discussed Psalm 98 about the power of singing and music in worship. God has created this universe and created music in such a way to be a powerful expression of beauty and goodness and truth and, and transcendence. Music is grounded in who God is. That's what we see in Psalm 98 and all these other psalms that have talked about the power of singing and playing skillfully through all these musical instruments and praising God and worshiping God through melody, Psalm 33 and other psalms. And we discussed a lot of this in the last episode. And so you will never be able to worship God as fully as he intends without learning to worship through music and singing. Some of us are farther down that road than others, but music is embedded with God's power to affect immediate change in our life. That's one of the things we talked about in the last episode. So this episode is sort of a follow-up to the last episode. It's an audio of a Facebook Live recording of our, our Bigger Life team that we did recently with singing and discussion around Psalm 16. So in a sense, it was a live recording session for A Bigger Life. And we intended it to be an episode that you can save and come back to from time to time to help you worship and learn to worship through music and singing. The lyrics of these songs are in the show notes. The verses are in the show notes. As is always the case, the verses are in, our, in, in the show notes of each episode. So always you can look at those. And I think looking at the lyrics to these songs will be helpful to you as you participate in the singing and let the words to these songs sink in as an expression of your own worship before God. Let's join now at the beginning of this Facebook Live episode. Oh, 
Well, I, I don't know how you guys heard that over the internet, but I'm in this room with hardwood floors and uh, hard walls. There's a curtain behind them, but it sounded incredible in here. I don't know if you guys, I'm, I might be the one that's getting the most fear. I feel a little bit odd sitting in this chair like I'm on Masterpiece Theater or something like that. Uh, uh, but it's a good time for us to just focus on worshiping God. It's not going to be a long time. This is not going to be a long, it's going to be way shorter than church. But what we do on a Bigger Life podcast is, well, the title, A Bigger Life, is this idea that what gives us a bigger life is lifting our eyes. This is our logo. Garrett, can you put our logo up? This is a logo to Bigger Life. And, and the idea is we go through life normally with our head down, our focus on the horizontal of our lives, our focus down. And when we decide, when we remember to worship God. We lift our eyes and we, we see God's transcendence and God's glory and God's reality in a, in a realer way, a more, a more transcendent way, even in our own hearts. Something happens where, where God enters our lives more and changes our focus. And so uh, one of the things that I like to do in A Bigger Life, not always, but in a lot of our episodes, we will spend time in a psalm. And that's what we're going to do tonight. This is like a little psalm Bible. All this is is the Psalms. It's a Bible that's just the Psalms. Uh, and I'm going to read out of the ESV, which is the English Standard Version. I'm not going to read this whole Psalm, but we're going to look at Psalm 16 because for most of my Christian life, Psalm 16 has been extremely powerful. I mean, I hate to use cliches, but it's been a way that God has opened my eyes to his beauty and his glory and his transcendence in a way that I, I feel it, a way that I actually sense it in my being. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, even specifically tonight. I just want to first of all look at the first verse, because one of the things we're trying to do when we worship God, we want to develop our vocabulary. A lot of times our vocabulary when it comes to life is full of richness because we've gone through life talking about other things, and so we've developed words that help us think more deeply about other things. But when it comes to God, often our vocabulary is like an eight-year-old. We haven't developed it enough, and so we can't think deeply enough about God. And so one of the things that the Psalms help us do is develop our vocabulary. So verse one of Psalm 16, David, this is a Psalm of David, King David, says, preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. Now you can remember that verse, right? Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. If you just had that one verse memorized, it could really change your life. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. This is written by David, like I said, and it's written before he was king. It's written probably when he was out in the wilderness running for his life. He was not in a comfortable place. This psalm, like most of his psalms, was written in the context of fear and anxiety and worry. And so the first words out of his mouth are are words of need, preserve me, keep me safe, protect me, guard my life, preserve me, O God, the highest being, the one who is God of the universe. You're the one I take refuge in. I come to you and I take refuge in you. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. You can can remember that. You could say it every night even before you went to bed. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. And then verse two, he says, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Now that might sound redundant, but it wasn't to David. When David said, you are my 
Lord, he used the word Adonai, which means king, uh, creator, owner. You're my, like what we use today. The, the Lord means that you're my, you're my king. You're my owner. You're the one who is the ruler of my life. But the, before that, he says, I say to the Lord. Now, if you notice in your Bible, I mean, you have an English Bible, uh, you can't see this, but let's just pretend you can. It's capital L-O-R-D, and all capital L-O-R-D. So the other one, I, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord, that's capital L and then small O-R-D. That just means Lord, like we think Lord. But when we see capital L-O-R-D, all capital O, capital R, capital D, that's actually translating the Hebrew word that was the name for God. It's the most referred to about God in the, uh, the name, the, the term that is used most often, the reference, that, there's a word I'm looking for, talk about vocabulary. The reference that is used most often for God in the Old Testament is God's name, Yahweh. It's just the Hebrew verb, he is. And the reason why they named God Yahweh is because they didn't name him Yahweh. God named himself Yahweh. He told Moses that his name was Yahweh and that's how he, that's gonna be his name for forever. And that's because he called himself the I am. It's a mysterious name. He is the I am. God said, I am that I am. It's got this mystery to it that God is the source of all existence. He's the giver of all life. And so David is saying, I say to the I am, you are my king. You are my ruler. You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. We come into problems with that word good because when we think of the word good, that word is way too small for us. Our concept of good is way too small. And so what we think is good is our little things. But what God that created this universe, the I am, who's the source of all existence, the giver of all life, when he uses the word good, like we have here in his word, it's beyond our imagination. And so that, that, that word good is everything that your and my heart longs for. It's everything that we were created for. It is real good. So we're going to take a moment now and sing, and we're going to sing this song, Great Are You, Lord. And when you say the word Lord, think about what the word David used, the name for God, the I am. Great are you. You are the source of all existence. You are the giver of all life. Great are you, Lord. Let's sing that song now.
Those lyrics, we pour out our praise. Um, you might be thinking, you know, I'm not really good at praising. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. But the thing is, you've been doing it all your life. Anytime that you've raised your hands when your team scored a touchdown or high-fived somebody next to you when your team hit a home run, or you just stared at a sunset in amazement and wonder, or just stared at a mountain range or the Grand Canyon or oohed and odd at a fireworks display, we always are rejoicing in praising something. And so you already know how to praise. The thing is, we just have to choose to lift up our eyes and praise and worship God. That word, hallelujah, we say it all the time. You say it all the time when something goes really well, hallelujah. What you're saying when you say that is a very ancient Hebrew word that has the word Yahweh in it, Yah. Yahweh is the I am. Hallelujah. Praise be in Hebrew, Yahweh. Praise be the I am. And so that's what verse 8 says. David says, I have set the I am. I have set the Lord always before me. Now that takes imagination, right? We can't worship without imagination. We're not imagining something that's not real as if it's real. We're imagining something real. We're bringing it into our focus. Like when you're thinking, do I want to have a brownie tonight, a warm brownie with vanilla ice cream and chocolate syrup? Well, when I say that, you're imagining that, and you might want to have that. It's your imagination that drives your desires. And so when we use our imagination and worship, 
We're, we're enhancing, we're, we're, we're feeding our desires for God. So David says, I have set the I am always before me. You can remember that verse. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. And that takes imagination that God is at my right hand, the I am, the one who is the source of all existence, the one who is the author of life, uses that term, the I am, to describe himself because it's always in the present tense, because God is always in the present tense. He's infinite. He is present everywhere without being any less present anywhere else. And so what David is saying here is, I have set the I am, the one who is always present in my present tense, always before me. He's always at my right hand. The God that created this universe is telling me right here that he's always at my right hand. Now, when you have your Bible and you want to get into the Psalms, Garrick was commenting on this when I lifted up to the camera when we weren't on, uh, on live, but you know, always circle words that you want to remember. You're developing a vocabulary and you're using your imagination. And so I have here, Lord, in all caps circled because I want to remember that's the I am. And I have the word always circled because he is always with me. And I have, because he is at my right hand, I have it double underlined because I want my imagination to think of the I am as always at my right hand. And what that does is I have set the I am always before me. I'm looking vertically at my life. I'm not just trapped looking at things horizontally and trying to dodge the obstacles of life like at some bumper pool table. I have a bigger view. I can lift my eyes and I can see my life vertically. I can see the circumstances in my life through the lens of the I am, the one who is the source of all existence, the giver of all life, and who is always 100% present with me without being any less present anywhere else, always in the present tense. And so David says, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. And we all know what that's like to be shaken, to have anxieties, to have fears, to have worries, to be shaken by the circumstances of life. If all we're doing is looking horizontally, we're gonna always be shaken by the circumstances of life. We're gonna always be worrying and anxious about what is to come. We don't know, but when we lift our eyes and we see our circumstances through the I am, who is always, always before me, always at my right hand, then we can say what David says in verse nine, therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. Why is his heart glad? Why does his whole being rejoice? Because he's worshiping God. He's imagining God at his right hand, and he's not going to be shaken by life's circumstances. His whole being rejoices. His heart is glad, and my flesh also dwells secure. So we're going to sing a song now, My Heart is Glad, that actually our worship team wrote uh, years ago with, with somebody else, Aaron Strumpel, and we're going to sing that song now as lifting our eyes up and praising the I am. Yeah, my 
love that word wonder. Is it any wonder that my heart is glad? When we have wonder in our lives, our heart is glad because our hearts were created for wonder. You want to know something that I think is amazing is that the Psalms were around for, this Psalm here was written a thousand years before Jesus and the apostles lived. After Jesus died and rose from the dead and ascended to heaven, we're told in Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, and they began to declare the wonders of God in a language that everybody understood. And then Peter stood up, and he gave this long message, and I don't know how long it was, but it's kind of long in the book, but it's not that long. I guess it takes a couple minutes just to read it, so maybe it was a short message, longer, shorter than what I'm doing here. But uh, what Peter said is that he quoted this psalm. In that message, he stood up, and, he, and one of the things he said was this psalm right here. And he said, you know what, David was ultimately, and this is what he said in verse 25 and on, 24 on, chapter two, David was ultimately talking about Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus and the resurrection we'll have in Jesus. I love the last verse of this psalm. He quotes it, and Peter does. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures 
forevermore. This is the wonder of the bigger story that your life is in and my life is in. That God came in the person of Jesus and died and broke through the other side of death and rose from the dead to bring a resurrection to this world and resurrection to you so that you could have joy forever in his presence. That you could, well, this is the word, forevermore have pleasures at his right hand. See, when God is at your right hand, you're at God's right hand forever. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore in his presence. And we'll be in his presence at this resurrected earth in resurrected bodies. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. That's what Jesus said his mission was. I came that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be made full. That's the whole mission of Jesus. Not to make us religious people that judge others with our arms folded, but to be people filled with wonder, having hearts that are glad and rejoicing and having this fullness of joy in his presence. He's made known to you the path of life, life in Jesus, this vertical life, looking up with wonder at the God that created this universe, who's bringing you, summoning you into his bigger story because at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. Let me pray for us and then we're gonna sing one more song. Would you pray with me? We're just gonna take the key phrases from this psalm, the ones that stick out to me. Maybe others, when you read this psalm, might stick out to you, but I'm gonna take the phrases that have always stuck out to me and I'm gonna lead us in a time of just worship, just a brief one-minute prayer. Would you pray with me? Preserve me, oh God. Hold my life, the real me, the me that's going to be forever at your right hand. Hold me in your hand. Preserve me. Help me. Protect me. Keep me. Spiritually, physically, I know that one day I will die, but keep me in your presence. Keep me in your grip. Preserve me, oh God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the I am, the source of all existence, I say to the I am, the author of life, I say to the I am, There is no good. I have no good apart from you because you're the source of good. There is no good apart from you. Everything else is a fake. It's a fake plastic thing that we thought was real and then we opened it and there's nothing in it and it breaks the day after Christmas. It's not real. But real good is in the I am, the source of good, the source of life, the source of all existence and there is no good apart from you. And so I lift up my eyes to look at the wonder of who you are, that you are always present with me. I set you always before me. With you at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I will never be shaken because the I am that created this universe and the I am that is the author of life itself is 100% present with me, 100% present fully at my right hand. And so I am not shaken, but my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. I dwell secure. I'm gonna die of something someday, but I dwell secure because I am securely in your presence forever. The forever God is my God forever. And so I dwell secure because you make known to me the path of life in Jesus. And in your presence, 
when you come to bring heaven back to earth and I look at you with the resurrected eyes and my resurrected body and I look at the wonder and the beauty of this resurrected world in your presence, there is fullness of joy. That is the reason why Jesus came, to bring the fullness of your joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore, forever. The forever God is my God forever. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing one more song. And think about the words, God, I look to you. Use your imagination. We're not trying to picture God necessarily. We're just trying to look and lift our eyes to the wonder and the transcendence of the I am. And we look to him in the imagination of our, what Paul called the eyes of our heart. We're going to look to God now and sing, God, I look to you. Let's do that.
Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.